pretty much a typical day in the Big Ten, right? Pretty much. Best league in the country, great coaches, great players. I can't tell you how, any, how uneasy, and I'll probably pronounce his name wrong, Tom, Tomananga, Tomaninga, Tom, whatever it is, Casey, we'll go with that, makes you feel as a coach. Doesn't make me sleep very easy. He's extremely intelligent. He's, he's very gifted. I don't know how many games that they've ever lost when he's had nights like tonight. I don't know if there was an easy shot in there, but I was petrified because he's really struggled the last four games. You know, I thought, I thought we did a good job on Rink for the most part. We were going to let Rink make a few. He's added another dimension to what they can do offensively. I thought we did a great job on Wiltshire. And for the most part, I thought we did a pretty good job on Bryce. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was a game where we were 0 for 11 from our bench guys from three that are all really good shooters. And I thought we got great shots and didn't make them. Obviously, Coleman hitting four was, was a big piece, and then, and then TJ made three. But I loved our looks. You know, you got to withstand one of those runs. I thought we took a, a really good punch from them. I thought they played extremely well, and, and we didn't shoot the ball very well and, and found a way to win and, and obviously made a couple big plays down the stretch to win it and obviously made a couple bad plays on a side out of bounds play that we didn't execute but you take a win in this league and and move on to the next morning it is the drive the drive with say and piper i am lante kyle tosk alongside we have big news and i'm sure a lot of you have seen it on social media but our co-host Derek piper and his lovely wife haley had their baby girl nelly was born i believe saturday and now they uh, have two children with Cade, of course and now nelly so congratulations to the pipers she is a beautiful girl seeing the uh, the pictures that Pipes sent. So uh, great news for all of us around here. We have a new addition and uh, Nellie Piper. I like that. So she's got a big brother already that is uh, handling things well. I asked Pipes, how's Cade doing with it? Uh, he's doing okay. He sent me a picture and there's Cade holding the bottle, not feeding her, but just holding the bottle. I'm like, well, that's good of a big brother. He's already doing favors. Like, go get the bottle. <laughs> we got to feed Nelly. So it was awesome. And again, congrats to uh, both Derek and Haley for having their second child. And already she's 1-0 as an Illini fan. Yeah. So that that's what it's all about. It's all this team needed. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, Although, <laughs> on the other hand... <laughs> Piper didn't cover the game on Sunday, so is it also they're one and zero without him on ooh, the beat? Ooh, we'll have to address that with him later. Hmm. hmm. We may hear from him this week. I think we might. I don't think he's coming in this week, but we may hear from him via the phone, and we'll uh, we'll get the thoughts from Derek Piper on not only his new daughter but also this Illini team. He had a chance now to kind of watch it, although he may be just sleeping. To take advantage of whatever you can get, uh, not blame shut your eyes, exactly, and get some sleep. We've got a long week ahead of us, Kyle, and it's not because it's just you and I, but we have no Illinois basketball for the rest of the week. They don't play again until Saturday when they travel to East Lansing to face the Spartans. Of course, it's a nice chance for Illinois to get back to the practice court, to get back to fundamentals get some rest in, get some good weightlifting in, work with Fletch a little bit, get their bodies feeling right, and then attack the Michigan State game and roll from there into March. But, of course, they left us with a little extra basketball last night so that we could appreciate that with a week off. Illinois gets it done against Nebraska, 87-84 in overtime. Illinois outscored Nebraska 14-11 in the extra frame, the Illini now 17 and 5 overall, 8 and 3 in the conference. They're ranked 14th in the country. I'm not sure 10th today. Oh, is it 10? They're okay. Back in the top 10. I'm ready to ask you that. Good, but also the last two times they've been ranked in the top 10, they've <laughs> lost the next week. So, I don't know. It's hard, man. Everybody's gunning for you. And what a game last night by Nebraska. Let's talk about that. We're going to hear more from Brad Underwood and some of the players probably do that next hour. We are going to be joined by Luke Goody at 3.30. I know Luke not coming off one of his best games. He had a lot of really good looks and ended up 0 for 6 from the field. 
all three of those from the three-point line. He was second on the team in rebounds with eight. So, obviously, Luke Goody was doing his thing, not just shooting, but uh, he's not going to be happy about that 0-6 performance. I know between him and Harmon, they were 0-for-11 from the three-point line. In all, Illinois shot 27% from the three-point line. They And then, you know, not very good either at the free throw line. 67% there, 27% from the three-point line, and overall 41% from the field, which isn't terrible on those two-point shots. But, man, I'll tell you this, Kyle. I know that there have been plenty of times watching Illinois basketball at home that I don't even worry. I just know that they're going to take care of business. But the way that Tomanaga and Mast came out in that game and the way Nebraska came out, outscoring you in the first half, 36-34, and the way they were able to get some buckets. Now, obviously, a lot of those, Tomanaga was just – this is how he plays, though. Like, if, if last night was the first time you've seen him, that's how he does it. He's not one of these, like, Luke Goody where he's spotting up oh, totally. in a stand position. Tomanaga is constantly having to run away from a defender – and just kind of flipping the ball up. And the harder the shot in. for him, the more likely it is to go in. So, if he gets totally a wide agree. open catch-and-shoot shot, it's probably not going in. <laughs> if he's I mean, coming off four screens, falling away, it's probably going down. <laughs> and he had a horrible game the game before against Wisconsin. I'm not sure he scored. Yeah, he did score. I think he was one for seven in that game. Didn't even play down the stretch of that game. Fred Hoiberg just benched him in, in favor of C.J. Wilk, uh, Wilcher, but... Then you just flip it. Wilcher last night, one for six. He has two points. But Tominaga, who was five for seven from the three, from the three-point distance, had 31 points. And he also tied for the team lead in assists. Check that. He led the team in assists with three. So, obviously, he, he played some big minutes. He played 33 minutes for Nebraska. Rink Mass played 37 minutes for Nebraska. Ended up with 22 points. The leader in minutes played last night, Marcus Damask, played 43 minutes of that basketball game and got you 19 points and five assists in that effort. So, Illinois holds on, Kyle. Normally, I don't worry about games at home. I was worried that entire game last night. Even when Illinois took that nice little cushion of like 10 points at one point, there was just something weird about it telling me this thing isn't over yet, not the way Nebraska was playing. What was going through your mind? I assume you were at the game. I was. It was definitely a very stressful game for <laughs> pretty much that whole time. I would love to see a video of that huddle that Brad Underwood calls timeout after Shannon hits a three up 10 with 327. What in the world was discussed in that timeout? Correct. after that... They uh, nearly lost the game had Damas not gotten fouled with three seconds left. But, yeah, I mean, Nebraska just wouldn't go away, no. really. And I, they've been so bad on the road in conference that it, it's only only right that they come to Champaign and play their best road game of the season. <laughs> because, truly, they did. I didn't really think, like, Indiana, Maryland, those games, I thought Illinois was just flat and right. just played really poorly. I didn't think Illinois played poorly last night. Now, they missed a bunch of shots that they should yeah. have made. Yeah. But it was more so just they couldn't get separation on Nebraska. Nebraska wouldn't go away. Even they came out of the second half, and they went on like a 10-2 run or something, took a seven-point lead. Hoiberg calls timeout. Nebraska comes right back and immediately gets that thing tied and is right in the game. So I just – Illinois was never comfortable, and they, they missed shots. They had some really brutal possessions and inbound sets Ugh. in the final couple minutes. It's been an that, issue forever, it seems like. Yeah, that uh, – Man, when when Rink Mast scored on Coleman Hawkins with nine seconds, I did not think Illinois was going to win. I it was kind of a scramble. Damas got a tough floater and got bailed out. I, Illinois is fortunate to win that Very. game, but you'll take any win you can get, yeah, especially against the Nebraska team that's probably going to be in the tournament. I agree. In Nebraska now six and six in the conference, sixteen and seven overall. Uh, a great showing last night. I agree with you. And a lot of times, you know, an official will swallow that whistle late and not make that call determine the game thankfully I'm sure for the official Damask only made one of the two and so it was like well we're going to play another five minutes and it's not going to be on me that Illinois wins this game and Illinois of course ultimately wins it the three-point line is something that has absolutely become such a big thing in basketball as we all know through all the years 
and it can offset a lot of things. I mean, Illinois, I thought, like you said, played well last night. Nebraska shot 43% from three-point line, 12 of 28. Tominaga and Mast combined for nine threes for Nebraska. And that three-point line can keep you in games, and certainly Nebraska was utilizing that last night and, sh- and doing it at a good clip, whereas Illinois, again, as mentioned, shot 27%, 9 of 34. Uh, Terrence Shannon is just not getting his stride back when it comes to efficiency. I'll put it that way. He was 6 of 16 from the floor, 3 of 10 from the three-point line, 3 of 6 from the free-throw line. He did have two assists, two steals, two rebounds, but he also had four fouls, and he finished with 18 points. So you get 20 out of Hawkins, who was very efficient, I thought. He was awesome. He was great. 19 out of Damask and 18 out of uh, Terrence Shannon. The other note, Ty Rogers, 14 rebounds to lead the team. He was a man on the boards. And uh, Quincy Garrier finished with 12 points, hit a big three in that overtime as well. But, yeah, I mean, this was just one of those games where – I said it against Indiana, but you still won by like 12. I was like, you know what? Just get the victory and move on and don't worry about it. Last night, there's some, there's some worry stuff about that. Yes, you got the victory, and I'm glad. And, and again, going into a week off, I'm sure Brad Underwood is absolutely fine with getting a win where they barely got it done, and now he can kind of use that as a, as a uh, teaching tool this week. But – there's a few things that are interesting to me. <clears throat> and Brad Underwood, you played it in the opening statement where he mentioned we knew Rink would get we would you know, we were going to allow Rink to get some uh looks and some touches down low. It seems like this has become such a trend now for Illinois in the sense that the big man from the other team just wears us out. And it started in that Maryland game with Julian Reese, and I know I've mentioned this more times than I'm tired of hearing myself say it, where Maryland coach Kevin Willard, after the game, said we wanted to keep Coleman Hawkins in the post. We didn't want him to go and play defense everywhere on the court because he's so good at it. We wanted to keep him on the post. Now, Rick Mast, as evidenced by his four for nine from three, he can take you outside, and he is comfortable going to the outside. Now, he was inefficient, eight of 21. That's a lot of shots to get 22 points. So, Coleman did a pretty good job in terms of that, but... It just seems like for the last handful of games, Kyle, it's Illinois just letting the other big man kind of do their thing, and they're putting up big results against Illinois. And, and you know, coincidentally or not, it seems like Illinois just hasn't been able to run away from any of these teams because of it. I don't know that that's the underlying or the, the main reason for this, that, 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 that this is happening, but... I guess it's a good problem to have to complain when you keep winning, right? 17-5, and five and we're sitting here complaining about, well, they're not winning games more than they should at home, essentially. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just confused because it just it feels like Illinois' best performances have come away from home for the it most is. part, and at home everything's been a struggle against teams that now Nebraska is a legitimately good team this year, but Indiana, Maryland, even them, when Michigan State came in, like, just feels like Illinois is playing their most uninspired ball at home for some reason which if you look across the Big Ten and college basketball that is not what's happening no home records and and teams are blowing inferior opponents out at home left and right and Illinois just seems like every home game has been a struggle for them I don't understand that but to the big man point yeah I feel like that's probably the biggest hole in their defense right now I don't necessarily think that was the biggest problem last night because, like you said, 21 right, shots right, right, for Mass right. to get 22 points. He beat you from three for sure, which mm-hmm. he can do, but he was four for 12 from two. I didn't think that was necessarily the biggest issue. At the same time, Fred Hoiberg calls a timeout with 20 seconds left. Nebraska down one. What does he draw up? A post-up rink mask one-on-one yep. with Coleman Hawkins, and Coleman gets beat there, and that could have lost you the game. So that's something that – all these coaches know they can go right at Coleman in the post. And for as good as he is defensively, that's a matchup that if you have a big man who can play down low, he's going to give Illinois some trouble. And that's something that every coach has kind of latched on to here. So I I, I kind of agree. I don't know. It feels like every post game, Brad answers that with, well, that was our plan. Was yeah, we were, right, we were going right. to let him get whatever he wants and live with it. To his credit, they mainly have won games. Yes. With that strategy, but it hasn't been easy. I don't know how sustainable some of these close wins are. So 
And there's really no answer to it. I mean, yeah. you can play Dane more a little bit, but Dane's not exactly Mr. Defense, first of all. And right. how do you take Coleman Hawkins off the court when you look at what he did last night with 20 points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, four for seven from distance? I mean, it's hard to get him off the court in terms of playing Dane. I guess you could play them both together. I know they tried that in a game earlier this year, but – I don't think Dane would be the answer there with regards to that. I like what Dane does when he comes in, and he was good again last night. Three for four, he had three rebounds, six points, and only nine minutes. So he was especially efficient, and I know a lot of people would like to see Dane play a little bit more. So maybe that'll be, maybe that's on the docket this week with Brad and having a week with this team to kind of work on things. Maybe they'll draw up some some stuff where you can see Dane and Coleman on the court at the same time. But you know, obviously, then that's probably taking Gary A off the court, which is tough. I mean, last night, Gary A had 12 points for you, seven rebounds. So kind of a quiet, he's been kind of quiet of late, but certainly someone that you don't want to see not play a lot of minutes for you. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I just think it's just one of those where teams are going to be able to take advantage of posting Coleman and getting to the rim with him. He's a tall guy. But he's not especially thick or strong to where a big man can kind of move him where he wants to and get that little layup shot. So that is something that we'll see. We'll see as we go on and 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 understand what uh, is happening there. I but, mean, the other option is to start throwing some traps in there and giving Coleman exactly. some help. Now, against Nebraska, you probably don't want to do that because right, right, right. their entire team's full of guys that were knocking shots down. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and that's where I was going next. The other deal would be to trap the post. I mean, if you watched Wisconsin-Purdue yesterday, Wisconsin did an unbelievable job of trapping the post with Zach Eady. Now, yeah. he's a whole different conversation, obviously. but You cannot play Purdue without trapping. <laughs> you can't. You just I mean, can't. And obviously, Illinois could maybe do more of that. I know Brad has kind of hung his hat defensively on the idea that we are not going to allow teams to shoot well from the three-point line. Now, that went out the window last night as Nebraska shot 43% from distance. But that's kind of the outlier, Kyle, this year. It's, does, Illinois has done a really good job when it comes to defense uh, defending the three-point shots. So that's something that they are very strong about sticking to. And I guess part of the liability with that is leaving Coleman alone on an island when it comes down to underneath the uh, bucket. So that's kind of where we're at. But, hey, I'll still take the win. And I'll still take now a week off for them to kind of get their bodies right, rest a little bit, get back to fundamentals. I mean, this will be a big week for Brad, I'm sure, and he's excited about it, to get them in oven and get the practices and and see what they can kind of – get figured out as then they come back and they go to Michigan State, I think then Michigan at home, then you go on the road twice to Maryland and Penn State, and then I believe you've got Iowa at home. So you'll go back on the road for three of the next five, which won't be easy, as Brad mentioned in the Big Ten, but hopefully this week can be a solid week for Illinois when it comes to getting back to basics in Ubbin. Yeah, it's an important week because this Michigan State game on Saturday is pretty much your biggest game until that Wisconsin-Purdue stretch. I know they're not your average Michigan State team, but they're still 22nd in the net somehow. So you go win that game on the road. That probably is your best win of the season within the framework of how the selection committee uses metrics and whatnot to judge win. So it's a really big game in East Lansing on Saturday. If you get this one, you finally get another marquee type of resume win. I know – you say that and you kind of shrug it off like, well, this Michigan State team's not a marquee win, but somehow, based on the net and based on whatever else you want to look at, that it would be a big win to go in there on the road and oh, beat them. And sure. now you get a week to prepare there. I think they play this week. Uh, they do. They play Minnesota at Minnesota gotcha. on Tuesday before coming back home. So Illinois has got the rest and the prep advantage for this one and – this is a very important week and just a nice, like you, know, like you talked about towards the end of last week, it's just a nice time to kind of have this reset and really get back to the basics and, and prepare yourself for this February-March stretch as Amen. we start to creep towards the postseason. I just noticed Michigan State 12-2 and at home. Same, yeah. same record as Illinois at home. Illinois 12-2 and 
at home as well this season. The Spartans one and four though on the road, while Illinois is three and three. It's a Michigan State team that's kind of right there. They're six and five in the uh, Big Ten. They're fourteen and eight overall. I, I believe they'd be a tournament team right now. Yeah, but certainly they could on use, the bubble. It's, they're yeah. going to be really desperate to get this game because you Big look time. at the rest of their schedule. I think they only have two more quad one games, and one of them's at Purdue. Right. So good luck there. Well, you've played, it seems like lately, you've played some teams that are could use some, except yes. for Ohio State, that could use some wins. And you saw that, obviously, against Nebraska. Uh, Indiana played you well, and then they turn around and lose to Penn State. Penn State was unconscious from three. I mean, they every time they needed a bucket, somebody ace or – and that's without Clary. They were I playing know. without Clary. So, I mean, they, they put it to Indiana. Just put it to them. Indiana's guards are the issue. Trey yeah. Galloway oh, absolutely. is decent, but their guard play was Xavier Johnson hurt. I don't know. I mean, I'm Even glad when he, could, he was playing, he was bad. He was other than Except other than for here. Illinois. Yeah, other than here. <laughs> except for the Illini game. But, you know, they, they are struggling when it comes to guard play. I mean – Khalil Ware had a huge game, had a monster game against Penn State, and yet they still fall to the Nittany Lions. So the way it looks, and we, we'll talk a little bit later, we're going to kind of look ahead at the Big Ten, but Purdue on top, 10-2. and two. They, of course, beat Wisconsin. That was a pretty good game at Kohl's Center. Illinois and Wisconsin both at 8-3. and three. And Then you've got Northwestern and Michigan State at 6-5. and five. Minnesota at 5-5. Five and five. Nebraska at six and six. Those are your teams that are kind of eyeing the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure if I'd throw Minnesota in there, but they are sitting there a little bit ahead of Nebraska as we go along. All right, I see the texts that are coming on, uh, that are coming in. Michigan State game not on Peacock. I don't believe no, it is. CBS. It's the Michigan game. Yeah, Michigan's on Peacock on Tuesday. Saturday is on CBS. Yeah, it's a prime time, right, on CBS. 1 p.m. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Sean said, bring on Sparty. Wade said, when Dane is in, he sits under the basket. That clogs it up the lane for booty ball. That's true. And we've got some others that have come in. Matt said, Nebraska is getting better as a team. That being said, when are we going to come out of our shooting slump? We missed so many open looks as an entire team today. And I would agree with that. Shane, good point. Besides their game against Northwestern, he wouldn't be surprised to see Nebraska run the table. They've, and, and he said, take a look at it. So I need to look at their schedule. They require them to win their first conference road game to run the table. That's true. Actually, their first four. We'll um, look at that. We'll look at yeah, that at the break. We can do that. Kind of see where we're at. All right, when we come back, hopefully we'll be having a, a chat with Luke Goody, Illinois junior guard, coming off an 0 for 6 performance. I'm going to ask him, why weren't they going down? And uh, how frustrating is that? And what do you do now? to make sure that that doesn't continue. So we'll talk to Luke, who again had eight rebounds for you. So obviously the effort was there for Goody last night. Good defense and getting on the boards. That's what's big. All right, again, thanks to everybody texting the U of I Atlanta Lake text line. Keep those coming in. We will continue to read those through the day. Next hour, we'll hear some more audio from Brad and also some of the players after the game last night. And you and I will chat some more about this Illini win and also look ahead for the rest of the week with the Big Ten. We've got Super Bowl at some point we've got to start chatting about. I talked to Rob Collins today, former Channel 3 sports guy. He's now a sports director down in Kansas City. Every February we have him on. It's like clockwork because the Chiefs, every February, are in the Super Bowl. Rob is going to try to join us on Friday. I also asked him if there's a chance if he ran into – Nick Allegretti and had a chance to do a one-on-one with Allegretti if he could send us the audio of that that'd be pretty cool to uh to get some of that from the former Illini who's going to play again and have a chance to be the only Illinois player ever to win three Super Bowls that is a that is a crazy thing and we'll try after the Super Bowl especially if they win that we'll try to get Nick on at some point to ask him about that all right quick break when we come back hope to be, be visiting with Luke Goody we'll do it next it is the drive Accumulation, preservation, generation. At Busey Bank, these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families. With sound advice and vast resources, partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. 
The Alma Market is your one-stop shop for one-of-a-kind creations from the University of Illinois alumni and students, as well as unique finds from some of your favorite Urbana Champagne area businesses. Treat yourself or a loved one and support your fellow Illini today. If you're a University of Illinois student, alum, or Champaign-Urbana area business, feature your products on the Alma Market. Becoming a vendor is a great way to expand your reach and connect with Illini across the country. For more details, visit almamarket.org. Go Illini! Hi, I'm Tyler Weaver, president of Carpet Weaver's Flooring and Furniture Gallery. It's time to come home to Carpet Weaver's. We don't want you to just like your new floors. We want you to love them. From waterproof floors and carpet to furnitures and design advice, we've got a team of experts on your side. We'll get you the best price and the best quality products. And complete your home with furniture and accessories. Buy it all with free financing, too. Come home to Carpet Weaver's, where floors, furniture, and family meet. And what is Dane Danger's favorite thing about living at Pacifica on Green? The space is crazy. The rooms are very nice. Everything is brand new. The people that work here are very nice, very friendly. And I feel like it's just very convenient. The environment is definitely good around here. Even just doing my work, good um, environment around here. That's basketball star Dane Danger. See it for yourself, the ultimate in student housing. Pacifica on Green. Visit them at pacificaongreen.com. You have money laying all around your house. You just don't know it. And no, I don't mean selling your great-grandma's good china. I mean all the old metal items you don't want to use or get rid of. Don't pay someone to haul it away. Bring it into Max Twin City Recycling and get paid to have it taken off your hands. They love new customers and are more than willing to walk you through their process step-by-step. Come check them out at 2808 North Lincoln Avenue in Urbana. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. Thank you for choosing two men in a truck. How may I help you? Hi, I have a strange question. What happens if it snows on moving day? I don't want my furniture to get wet and destroyed. Well, that's not strange at all. We have the same concerns for your furniture. With over 9 million moves completed, our team is experienced to handle any weather conditions. Because we pad and stretch wrap your furniture before we put it on the truck, we'll make sure your belongings are safe and dry no matter what the forecast says. Not sure how your move is going to work? Go to twomeninatruck.com for your free estimate. Get the roof your home deserves by Roof Doctors, your residential roofing specialist that has always offered the best warranties in the industry, like our non-prorated 50-year warranty. Our customers love that we are family-owned and locally operated. We make our customer needs our top priority. With over 30 years' experience and the best customer service, give Roof Doctors a call today for your free estimate at 328-7529. In your community and for your community, Roof Doctors. The Drive, ESPN Radio 93.5. The Drive with Tay and Piper. Good afternoon. I am Lon Tay. Kyle Tosk joining me today. Derek Piper will be off this week celebrating the birth of his new baby girl, Nellie. So congrats again to the Pipers. And uh, maybe sometime this week we'll get a chance to catch up with Derek and see how the family's doing and get his thoughts on Illinois as they have a week off. I was going to say the timing of this is pretty stinking good. Like, Derek and Haley yeah. did a hell of a job. Like, they have the baby and then a whole week off from Illinois. So, Derek, I mean, that, that took some skill. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> of course, Nellie was supposed to be here January 28th. So, a little bit of luck, I guess, in the sense that I'm sure Haley, though, is not calling it luck. She would have been fine yeah. on January 28th, I'm sure, having her. But uh, everybody's healthy. Everybody's doing great. And it's wonderful to see a new addition to our world, Nellie Piper. All right, uh, we've got some uh, news, and it just literally broke as we went to break. Uh, Luke Goody had to be called into practice, so we will not be visiting with Luke Goody. Good. You know what? He was 0 for 6. I was going to give him crap about it anyway, so it saved the embarrassment of me ripping Luke Goody. No, I'm kidding. 
I wouldn't do that. I was going to ask him about it, though, you know, because we're, we're, it's it's such an outlier. It, it's kind of weird, Kyle, to not see Luke Goody drop shots, is, especially yeah. when they're wide open. He had six wide open looks last night. Him and Harmon combined missed like 11 just completely wide open I shots. Agree. I just, just, it was weird. And it's not going to happen often. It's not. At the same time, you look at the numbers. I saw somebody tweeted out last night, Illinois shooting 31% from three at home this year and 41% anywhere else. No. Again, nothing makes sense. I don't get it, man. I that don't get strange. it. That's Illinois strange. Illinois got one of the only teams I've seen that plays worse basketball in their home <laughs> building this year. I just don't get it. Well, I, that's, I, and, I, and it's never been like that in the past. No. So, I don't understand it. I, there's got to be, I don't know if it's, is it you? Are you the reason? Are you the fault or something? We'll blame it on a freshman. Blame, just, yeah. I know you know a freshman. Yeah, because I was there just last year and they're pretty, well, they had their home struggles last year too. I don't well, know. Well, maybe, maybe it is you, Kyle. Hmm. Well, listen, we'll do a deep dive into that. I, I, I wasn't at the Indiana game a week ago and they were terrible. They in weren't that very one, good so, there. I mean, it's. <laughs> Trying to absolve myself here. <laughs> they did get the win, so that's good in that regard. All right, so Shane had sent in. Check out Nebraska's schedule. They've got some – they could run the table. So I, I want to go through this and get your thoughts, Kyle, on if Nebraska can run the table the rest of the way. Now, first of all, I think it starts with not being able to run the table because it's at Northwestern Agreed. this Wednesday. I don't see them winning at Northwestern. I don't either. In fact, and that's the thing, like, I don't, I can't trust them. Now, they did play well last night, and they could have had a chance to win, but a team that's 0-6 in conference on the road. Right, right. I mean, I I see Michigan down there, but other than that, I don't know know. if I trust them to win any road game. Well, now, let's go through this. So, at Northwestern, I I think they dropped that game. But then they've got Michigan and Penn State at home. They won't lose those. Then, at Indiana. I mean, that's a winnable game, especially with... Uh, a couple of decent guards with Williams and Tomanaga able to do their thing. So I could see them winning at Indiana. Then they host Minnesota. They go to Ohio State, which we know is very winnable. Dead team, yeah. Big, big time for uh, Nebraska. And then they've got Rutgers at home and then at Michigan. And that could be the final nail in the coffin for Jawan Howard losing his final home game to Nebraska. Yeah, if you want to do the reverse of this, just take a look at Michigan's schedule and talk oh. about how they're going to lose out. Oh, is it? Bad? I don't know if they're going to win another game. Are you serious? You've got it, you've got it pulled up. I'm. I'm I do. Yeah. It up. Go ahead. And I'll Here, let you here's read their it. next stretch. So keep in mind they're seven and fifteen on the season, two and nine in conference. Okay. Their next stretch, home against Wisconsin on mm. Wednesday night. Yeah, they're not beating Wisconsin. At Nebraska, Ooh. who's six and zero oh at home in conference. At Illinois next week. Mm. Home against Michigan State at Northwestern. Whew. Home against Purdue. Oh, my. Then they go to Rutgers, who they just lost to at home on yeah. Saturday. Oh, my. At Ohio State. <laughs> and then they host Nebraska in that game we just mentioned. Holy smoke. I don't believe Michigan will win another game There's this season. There's a chance. Wow. And Juwan would be, have to be gone. Oh, he'd have to be. I would think that he and Holtman at Ohio State He would both. be. Seven and twenty-four on the season, two and eighteen in conference mm. at about, Michigan. What about Mike Woodson at Indiana? That was a terrible loss to Penn State. This is a team that has a first-round draft pick in Khalil Ware. Uh, I think Malik Renault Renew has been really good. He has I, now he fouled out of the game yesterday, or I'm sorry, uh, Saturday. But he's been really good for them. And Trey Galloway is not bad. I mean, he, he's always leading them in assists and getting close to double figures. I, I just – Indiana just doesn't look good. All right, I want to go through a couple of these U of I Lana Lake text line that have been sent in. Mark in Urbana said, good afternoon, Lon. He obviously doesn't like you, Kyle, so he addressed me, which good call, Mark. Uh, Though we are a big team overall, Coleman is not a big man with the size to stop a center with size. I agree with that. Our team is differently built. I'm a little more worried about our guards stopping other point guards. Okay, that's fair. And especially in March, you understand that the guards rule March. Until I see different, I'm going to always say that, that guards are the reason you advance in March. And for a lot of teams, that is. So what what do you say to that? Obviously, he's right about Coleman. Coleman's tall. What is he, 6'10"? But he doesn't have the physical 
um, strength sometimes to be able to compete against another center that just wants to back him down and get to the bucket. I'm sure Coleman could do that on the other end, but his game is more outside. And, man, you have to give him credit. When he shoots a three now, I'm as confident as him, as anyone on this team, uh, that it's going in. And he's been very consistent. He's been taking pretty good looks. I know one last night was from pretty deep. But otherwise, he's been, you know, doing pretty decent on that. Now, with that, with Mark, I want to go to a 217. It said, I was always taught playing defense in basketball. Don't give up the easy shot. And if you're going to get beat, get beat by the other team making tough shots or deep threes. Illinois seems to have the opposite approach. Well, the only thing I would say to that is it seems like in college basketball now, the three-point shot, hell, it's almost as, as, it's almost as efficient. I mean, and you know what the analytics, right? I mean, you don't want to take anything within three to four feet inside the three-point line because analytically that's the worst shot in basketball. Now, obviously, shots at the rim are still effective, especially if you can draw contact, draw fouls, get to the free-throw line. But I just think Brad has said, look, everybody makes threes now. And everybody wants to make threes. Nebraska is a perfect example of that. And so we're going to shut that off and win that battle. Now, they didn't last night, but like Indiana didn't make a three the entire game. And that's got to help your uh, stats when it comes to being a three-point defensive team. So I I guess I'll let you comment on that. I I, I mean, it makes sense, right? It would make sense that I want Kyle to have to make a 22-foot shot instead of a five-foot shot. That makes total sense to me, but it does seem like Illinois wants to really contain those shots from 22 feet, and they've done a hell of a job this season at doing that. Yeah, I mean, the number one goal of this Illinois defensive scheme is to not allow open threes, and that's you even see, like, if, you, if you're if you at the game and you watch Brad on the sideline, if somebody gives up an open three, if the opponent gives up an open three, he's like has his hands in his face and can't believe it, and he's looking for a sub. So that is the point. the primary goal of this Illinois defense is to not allow open threes. Now, I think that my one complaint about that is like against Indiana or like against a team like Maryland. When you have a big guy who's beating you and they're pretty efficient in terms of one-on-one post matchups and they can't make threes, I would give those teams some open threes. Yeah, because no, I want I want them to beat me from three. Now, against Nebraska last night, I, I see – what the strategy was. I also think that Rink Mast isn't necessarily like he's good, but he is a guy that plays out on the perimeter a bit. He's not a guy that I necessarily was super worried about, was just going to dominate Coleman in the post. And that's not really how they use him. Right. That's not really how they use him. And he was four for 12 from two. I I know he he hit the biggest one in regulation. So I didn't, again, I didn't really think that was a big problem last night, but that really is. I mean, Illinois wants to force you into those tough twos. And I think in Brad's mind, a, a post-up one-on-one opportunity is a tougher two. And obviously they want to force guards into the mid-range, which is where they'll give those shots up. So I don't necessarily think it's the opposite is true in terms of like Brad's going to give up the easy shots as long as he doesn't give up a contested three. It's more so just he wants to run teams off the three-point line and make them play in that mid-range area and take tougher twos. And, and of course, guys like Young from Maryland. Right, and he's going to make those. He so. did chew you up from that two-point shot. There is. It seemed like Tyson last Walker year, on Saturday. Tyson Walker. Better be careful. It seemed like last year that was a big problem, right, that we were giving up too many off that post screen or whatever you call that, the high screen. Uh, it seemed like Illinois was giving up a lot of that. Tony Perkins is in my nightmares oh, from the game was. at Iowa City. That's exactly what it was. He got to the same exact 10-foot spot yes. the entire game and made every shot. I was in Chatham, Illinois at some pizza place watching that, watching Tony Perkins not miss. I was like, come on. U of I, Lana Link, text line. Cliff says, Pipes is the new part-timer. Lana's just jealous. There is some truth <laughs> to that. I, no, no, let me put it this way. If Piper was like just taking vacations and stuff like I do, then I'd start to get jealous. I am proud of him and Haley, especially for having this baby girl. So I'm fine with working again. This will be two straight weeks, by the way, I think. That's right. That's, that's or like last week on Thursday. Oh, that's didn't, no, that's right. Quite, uh, oh, that's right. Make it in. <laughs> Something well, I had a tire there. had a tire go out on the way and uh 
Yeah, so I had to I had to kind of change that. It just took longer than I thought, so I never never made it in the show. Yeah, dang it! I was thinking I was riding like a, I was going to ride like a ten. I think game. you did the week before. That's so two out of the last three weeks okay. is pretty pretty good. So that'd be like uh, that's fifteen days. That's like working fourteen to fifteen. That's heavy load for me at this point in life. Oh, you missed the the second hour of Wednesday, oh, so it's right. really 13 and a half out My of 15 goodness. if we're going to be real technical about and that, it. And that was just to try to get to uh, the game on time. <laughs> <laughs> that game was ridiculous how far away that is in Chillicothe, but we made it. That's the key. Um, I did, Cliff, try to look at some things last night because I was trying to figure out when basketball ends and baseball begins, and you never know, and I hope basketball doesn't end for a while for Andrew, but I was trying to think, like, how could I squeeze a trip to a beach in? So I, I did a little homework last night, Kyle, trying to figure out when I could leave that Piper would be here and not have Illinois games or the Big Ten tournament. So I'm kind of eyeing that first weekend of March, maybe. But we'll see. Hopefully Andrew's team is still playing out. That'll be a non-existent thing. But how about a trip to Orange Beach? Maybe a quick 12-hour drive down, spend three, four days on the beach, have a couple beers at the uh, Floribama. I did that last year, and I really enjoyed that. So, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right, 217's calling you out, Pipes. Or Pipes, Kyle. I do agree said with the problem though. is the Orange Crush. They're awful this year. Now, I've heard that from numerous people. Yeah, I kind of defended. It seemed like on TV last night that everybody was fired up. Yeah, I kind of defended it earlier in the year. I I see, though. I just, man, e- even comparative to last year, but last year was similar. I just, I don't know. Yeah. You you watch some of these other environments on TV, and I know you can't get the full effect. And it just, to me, it seems like this Illinois atmosphere isn't what it should be. I'm and with you. I, it, that's not to say it doesn't get loud in some of these big moments, but there is something. I, I, I've kind of seen it off. now. Something is off. I, I don't can't really put my finger on it but it's just not the same wire to wire intensity yeah. from the environment from the students yeah something's off and i'm not sure what it is but uh it looked great last night again on television it looked like there were uh, the orange crush was fired up so we'll put them to the test why don't you call them together and just have a little bit of a, a, a meeting <laughs> and just say you know what i'm tired of this i'm tired of this people are bashing us on radio they're they're saying that we're not doing our job. It's time for us to step it up. I mean, you're you're the you're a fan base for the tenth ranked team in the country, and you are the you know you're the face of Illinois fans, the Orange Crush. Now you did make the road trip. Where was that to? That was Ohio State. Ohio right? State, or was right. it Michigan? Might have been Michigan. Oh no, it was Michigan. Yep. That's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, Jake said, Lon, do you have any inbound plays uh, from your 12U coaching days you could teach the staff? <laughs> let let me tell you this. I was as bad at inbound plays as Brad Underwood is. Bill Self's the best I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. But um, I was as bad. What I would do is draw up an inbounds play to get into another set play. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if we ran – I'm just off the cuff. We had a play called Bird that was it, – it was deemed for – either one of our two best shooters, and it was basically just coming off two screens, two low screens, essentially, that led to a uh, wide-open look from the baseline. But I would inbounds the ball to the spot where we could start the set. I wasn't in – I wasn't – my inbounds play wasn't getting a look to the basket. So I was as bad as Brad is. So, I, Jake, I can't, I can't help you there. Can we get rid of the football – play from the baseline oh. <laughs> where all five guys are out of bounds and then four, it's of, them, cute, isn't it? four yeah. of them just run straight and turn around and then Harmon's like all right we'll give it to Damask trapped into the corner <laughs> the worst spot you can inbound yeah, it. That like, was, yeah that really that really was beautifully designed I don't know that I don't, that was a foul it wasn't no but at the same time I will say that there was another play about two minutes later where I didn't think Illinois fouled Tomanaga. Oh yeah, that's on true. A steal, so that's true. Kind of gave it right back. But yeah. I, I agree. I thought we, that was just a really poor inbounds and probably should have been a steal. We kind of. Uh, oh boy, Ben. Ben just sent. He just sent an article that I'm going to have to read that is basically putting a nix on my Orange Beach trip. It's about a. Uh, oh tactics boy. Tactics used to catch Orange Beach great white shark. Okay, I. Yep, 
Well, we're not going to Orange Bay. Well, heck, the sharks are everywhere, though, right? Aren't they everywhere? Yeah, I mean, anywhere you go, especially in Have you ever Florida. seen those clips, like, where somebody's, like, three feet in? Yeah. Like, they're just, like, the water's just getting to your bathing suit for a guy. And, like, five feet away is this lurking shadow of this huge great white or bull shark or whatever the hell they are, a reef shark. And I'm like, that's scary. I wonder how many times I've been in the water up to my knees and some shark is just calmly passed by staring at me going mm. thankfully they've never acted darren lana kyle coleman upsets me so much it seems like once he hits the three he wants to camp out out there and i wish he would go down in the blocks bump and bang with the other big man but he acts like he's afraid to that's just me i just don't think that's his game it's not it's not and him being out at the three-point line opens up illinois offense exactly. so much and now Teams are scared of his shot, and you've seen him really start to be aggressive yep. driving those closeouts. It brings the big man out, and it just it creating frees. offense. Yeah, so, and, and then yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to go into some booty ball matchups, having Coleman pull that big away from the basket or ever's guarding him, I just if he's not a guy that's ever really gonna beat you in the, on the low block, then I don't know why you should play that. I, I totally unless agree. he's got a matchup where there is sometimes where I will say. If a guard gets switched onto Coleman mm-hmm. and you see that, I would like him to be no, aggressive right. and take that guy, and it seems like he doesn't. But I just, yeah. It, the him, offense kind of flows through him. I mean, he's, he's him playing out there guard. on the perimeter is pretty much the key to he's, this Illinois yeah, offense. He's essentially your point guard. This is interesting. 217, guys, I never played competitive basketball. When shooting free throws at home, would you rather have, have it so quiet you can hear a pin drop or a fair amount of cheering? Now, that's funny. I did play basketball. It is eerie when all of a sudden you're hearing eight, you know, 15,000, and then, then it's just quiet, and you can hear, like, somebody cough. So I, I, I'll, I'll bring this up. Years ago at Villa Grove at Tri-City Country Club, we had a group, Don Clare, Chris Vandeventer, a bunch of us, we'd go out every Tuesday, and we would just have a few cocktails, play golf. We'd joke. We didn't care about somebody talking while you were hitting or, or putting. And then, Kyle, we, it, 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 here came the club championship qualifier. And so you're out there, and, like, everything's real now, right? Those, those three-foot putts where you were just having a beer and talking to everybody, they, won't, they weren't hard until it was qualifying. And then it's like, oh, my Lord, i got to make this three-foot putt. And it was really quiet. And I remember, I think it was Chris one time, like, it was just dead quiet. And he's, he, he stops and he looks at us and he goes, would you guys start talking or something? Like, I'm not used to this. So I, I don't know. I think it's a, great, uh, it's a great point that maybe a little back noise would help people shooting free throws. But I, I think these guys are so locked in when it comes to th- uh, free throw shooting that they don't, they don't let stuff behind the, the basket. They don't let the noise. I don't think the noise does Yeah, I anything. think anything you're doing as like a free throw distraction or – right. The waving the little like what are the little inflatable things behind the basket and it just, yeah, it really doesn't make doesn't any do difference on the free throws. I just don't believe it really makes any impact. Okay, Tim, stop. All right, everybody, stop sending in news about sharks in Orange Beach. All right, because now I'm not going. Uh, Tim said I got some great video of a shark about ten feet out from the beach when we were at Gulf Shores Orange Beach. That's a heavy shark area. All right, I'm not going then. I'm not even telling you where I might go, so you can't scare me out of it. All right. What you should do is you should send in that there's sharks at every possible lawn travel location so he doesn't go anywhere and actually shows up for the show. That might be the strategy here. I, all of a sudden, I'm vacationing in Indy. It's like, what'd you do in Indianapolis? I, well, I didn't get bit by a shark. Uh, that was the best thing. All right, Don asked, who's the guy that was sitting next to Dion at the scores table that Underwood was screaming at after the tee? I don't know. I, didn't, I never did see the guy. Said that he went back after him after the timeout. He had a long-sleeve orange pullover. Brad looked like he was mad at him, and Tyler had to hold him back. The technical was weird from Brad. I mean, just like that, Kyle. Like, he hasn't, gotten, he hasn't had a tee, I don't think, all year. And in the first, like, five minutes of that game, Shannon, was he complaining that Shannon got bumped or something? So what I saw was I didn't hear anything. I wasn't close enough. But what it sounded like some people said <laughs> on sharks are Twitter. at the Indy Zoo. God dang it. <laughs> as far as I know, Philo does not have a shark. All right, so well, I'll be I, here at Orson. You know. <laughs> You're right. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
what it sounded like based on people who heard it was that the official cussed Brad out walking down the floor. And that's really? what he wasn't mad at. So Brad, I think Brad originally was complaining about Shannon getting fouled. And the official must have said something and cursed at him. And wow. Brad just lost his mind and said, you don't talk to me that way. You don't talk to me that way. And then got a technical and... I thought he was going to get ejected because he got the T and he just kept going oh, back was, at him. He so. was hot. But that I was shocked that that's Isn't Brad's that funny? first the, tech of the year. The coaches are like, now I can curse at you all game, but don't you dare turn around and curse at me. You don't <laughs> normally, funny, yeah. you don't normally, I wouldn't think, see an official no. curse at a coach. No. I mean, that that is very strange. That's just a terrible look, too, because. Yeah. It you're, was funny. You're expecting these officials to be unbiased and fair. Exactly. And when you're going at it with a coach and cussing them out. How could we trust that you're going to do that? That is weird. That, that, that is strange. It was funny. Last, yesterday, if you watched that Wisconsin-Purdue game at the very start, before it started, one of the officials was talking to Matt Painter, and they were laughing about something, you know, and Matt was coming back and saying something. They were both laughing. And I started thinking to myself, it, it, those guys are all – they know – look, like Brad said last year, they, they, they have analytics on these officials – like, they know who's doing the Michigan State game at East Lansing, or when they find out, they will know exactly how those officials normally call a game. And they will instruct their players, look, this guy's really tight on, you know, fouls underneath, so watch your hands underneath, but he'll let things go on the outside. I mean, they do analytics on officials. That's how crazy this is anymore. But it is kind of strange to see that. But when, when I saw the official and Matt Painter just sitting there laughing, I thought to myself, that's so weird. Like, they're going to sit there and laugh, and then Painter's going to spend the next two hours in his ear. You know, like, you're missing this. You're missing that. Zach Eady's getting fouled, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I mean, hey, we're all human, and, and, and that's, that's what it is. And thank you, 217. You nailed it. There are no sharks at the Tiki Bar. Amen. Fins to the left, fins to the right. I'm one of those fins. All right, let's take a break, Kyle. Let's uh, – Next hour, we'll talk a little bit more about this game. Keep giving your thoughts. We're loving this on the U of I Illini link text line. Uh, yeah, Kyle, you, they said you deserved a uh, you deserved a pun. I think the texter did. Oh, oh, I agree. Well, let's do that. Let's throw that out because yeah. Yeah. a little delayed. My my fault. You're yeah. right. I should have given. Well, it that's originally. all right. Anthony said Brad yelled at one of the admins sitting at the score table to file a report. Okay, maybe that's what it was, Don, that he was yelling at one of the administrators uh, to file a report on that official, maybe. I don't know which official it was. Do you? No, I okay. don't. I don't even – I really didn't even notice the officials that bad last night. Nebraska fans did. Yeah. I'll tell you that. They, I'm sure they did. Yeah, I think Illinois got a little break at home, so. That's where uh, you're supposed to get, though. Absolutely. Finally. Absolutely. Uh Brad Sturdy said official cussed at Underwood, and he is ticked. Yeah. There won't be a consequence for that. Um, that was off Twitter from our buddy Brad Sturdy, who the guy that struck me out every time I faced him. That's not true. I grounded out a couple of times. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. Bye-bye. What? We'll be back next hour with more Alina. You'll hear from Brad Underwood. You'll also hear some audio from the players. We'll do it all next. It is The Drive. Are you one of those guys out there tinting windows day in and day out? all different shades of black and ready to put a little color in your life come work for us at aftershock we're looking for a guy with experience and wrapping whether it be window tinting vinyl wrapping anything of that sort or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do you know those wraps with troy lands on the back waving at you that's our work call us 833-DECAL-IT or email office at aftershockdd.com we want you we all have a mission in life Something that drives us to explore, to grow, to love. And when we discover it, we're made whole. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. We're here for you on your schedule to make your life just a little bit easier. Whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org mission.